All right, we're going to start this episode off a little bit differently uh, with an idea that one of the listeners proposed to me. Now, you might recall in the last episode, I asked for advice on anything you guys thought about the show, any feedback, anything you thought I should add to it, remove from it. And one of the listeners actually told me uh, an idea that he had for what I can do on the episodes where I don't have guests. And I said, that's a really cool idea. So shout out to you, Dan, for having that idea. And I am going to start utilizing it as of this episode right now. So Dan's idea was, at the beginning of the episode, I'm going to be drinking a whiskey just like I always am on these sorts of episodes. Uh, And I'm going to tell you the notes that I'm getting from it, the flavors that I'm getting from it, uh, and give you a kind of a mini review of it. And throughout the episode, I might tell you, oh, I took another sip of it and I'm tasting this. Uh, and the trick is that I'm not going to tell you what the whiskey is, but it is going to be from last month's email list. So if you've been following along the episodes, you've at least heard me uh, review it. If you're on the email list, then you might have drank it right along with me. Uh, so it'll give you a little chance to just kind of interact once again on an episode where we're not actually doing a full whiskey review. That way you can kind of think to yourself, ooh, which one was that? And you'll get a little bit more of an intuition for what all these tasted like, what these different genres are supposed to taste like. So I think that's going to be kind of fun. Um, at the end of the episode, I'll tell you what the whiskey was that I was drinking, uh, but I think it'll make it a little bit more fun. Also, if you just heard me say email list and you're newer and you're not on the email list, uh, that is definitely something that I recommend. Uh, one week before the beginning of every month, I send out a list of every whiskey that I'll be drinking on the show throughout that month. That way you have time to go out and buy it and you can listen right along and drink the whiskey right along with me and my guests and review it. That way you can kind of compare notes. Now, if you want to be on that email list, you can just send an email to me at whiskeynoobspodcast at gmail.com. In the subject line, you can just put email list. That way I know that you want to join the email list and I will add you to it and you'll get that email once a month. I'm not going to spam your email. That is the only one that I send. It's once a month, so I'm not going to fill up your inbox. Uh, But yeah, I I definitely think that that makes it a little bit more fun and interactive. So once again, thanks, Dan, and thank you to everybody who provided feedback uh, that I asked for last week. Uh, It's really great, and that way we can start tailoring the show towards the people who are listening religiously. So if you have any ideas, shoot me an email, shoot me a message on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs, whatever you want, and I promise you I am not just skimming past these. I absolutely love hearing the feedback and love hearing that you guys are enjoying the show so far. So what whiskey am I drinking today? Well, let's go through the notes a little bit super quick. So on the nose, I get kind of a, uh, a light sweetness. I almost have a little bit of clove scent and then maybe a little bit of a light fruit, like maybe a citrus. Uh, I also want to add that I haven't gone and reviewed what I said in these episodes about this whiskey. This is a just brand new review that I'm doing of it. So the notes might be different. Uh, and if you listened along to that episode and drank it and you were getting different notes from me and you're hearing those notes right now, then it might be that whiskey as well. You know, your palate changes throughout the day and with what you eat in every day. So uh, I might be getting slightly different notes. And uh, I just want you guys to keep that in mind. You'll notice that I'm not rehearsing these notes. I'm not trying to get the same thing every single time because I'm just a normal guy who likes drinking whiskey just like the majority of my listeners are. Now, once again, I got a light fruit. I got a sweetness and maybe a little bit of clove. I'm going to take a sip now. That was the nose. On the palate, there's more of that basic sweetness, like maybe a vanilla or a honey. And it's followed up by more of that, I think it's definitely citrus. I'm not going to say just light fruit. I think it's a citrus, maybe like an orange peel. 
uh, and then definitely just a touch of clove, which I don't know. Once again, I didn't review what I said last time. I don't know if I said clove. I don't know if I said any of these, uh, but clove is usually a more rare one for me, but it definitely tastes like clove. So that's my super quick review of the whiskey that I'm drinking right now. Uh, let's get on to the show, though. This episode's going to be about Irish whiskey. We've covered bourbon, we've covered covered scotch, and now we're on to what I consider to be uh, the most underrated of those big three, which is Irish whiskey. A lot of people don't even really hear about it very much, especially not in pop culture compared to, like, bourbons and scotches. Uh, I think scotch you probably hear the most about. But Irish whiskey, it doesn't really get any TV time. So... Why do I think it's underrated? We're going to get to that part. But what even is Irish whiskey? I wanted to start with something that I mentioned in the last episode, and that is that you might have heard that whiskey got its start either from Ireland or from Scotland. I had mentioned this in the last episode. Now I'm going to actually talk about the origin of whiskey and where it came from a little bit. So, traveling monks came into the area of Ireland and Scotland in the early 100s of AD, and I've seen this date vary anywhere from 580 to 1200 AD. They were in the area traveling through. Well, they started using grains to create whiskey since there were no grapes for creating wine. Uh, one alternative theory, though, actually says that farmers just started making whiskey because they had excess barley, and they kind of just figured it out that if they fermented it uh, and then they distilled it, that it became whiskey. Uh, but that's not the first written accounts that we have. So we have roughly 1200 AD, these monks, uh, maybe it was earlier than that, that started making it probably. Uh, but the first written account is actually in Ireland in 1405, uh, and the written account says that the head of a clan died from drinking too much aqua vitae. Uh, aqua vitae meaning whiskey. I actually looked up how to pronounce vitae because I used to think it was vitae. Uh, apparently it's vitae if you Google it, so that's something that I didn't know going into this episode. Uh, but aqua vitae, once again, is what they used to call whiskey. It's the, the same liquid that would become whiskey that we know and love today. It probably tasted much worse, but it was made in a similar way. Uh, the next written account, which is actually the one that I find online more often, and I don't know if that is a play in order to make it seem like whiskey's from Scotland, or if that's maybe because the written account of the Irish whiskey didn't come out until more recently. Uh, but online, I used to find all the time uh, that whiskey was made in Scotland first, and it was Scotland in 1494, and it was a written account of the sale of malt to Friar John Corr for making aquavite. So it was actually a written sale, and the amount of bushels or whatever was written on it. Uh, and it was to Friar John Cor, and it was actually recorded that he was going to be using this malted barley to make aquavite. Uh, so if you're keeping score, it was Ireland 1405 and Scotland 1494. So technically written down, it was Ireland first that had whiskey. Uh, from what I'm able to find online, I know that's going to be disputed. Uh, and nobody really knows before that because, like I said, apparently the monks were making it since like 1200 A.D. Um but I think that's pretty cool. I, I like hearing about the history of it and where it came from. So I thought that was a pretty cool story that I'd include in here. Uh, but let's get on to what exactly uh, an Irish whiskey is. Now, like I said, Irish whiskey seems to get kind of a bad rep compared to the other two. And I think it's because it doesn't have a cool name like bourbon or scotch. You know, you hear bourbon, and you're not even sure if it's whiskey. Uh, you hear Irish whiskey, and you know for sure that it's whiskey um, if you don't know anything about whiskey. 
So one thing that I want to make clear, though, is that Irish whiskey does have strict rules just like the other two. There, there are still rules that you have to abide by. It's extremely similar uh, in terms of the structure. It's extremely similar to the other two. Uh, so there are rules about all the different aspects of producing it. Now, first and foremost, it has to be made in Ireland, which is not a shocker to anybody. It also has to be aged in Ireland as well for a minimum of three years. As far as the mash bill goes, it's going to be made from malted barley, and it can include other unmalted cereals. So just like the other two, uh, there's that main ingredient, just like scotch, it's barley once again. And you can include other unmalted cereals in order to change the flavor profile. Uh, Now, it can't be distilled to any more than 94.8 alcohol by volume, which is once again, uh, there's a limit, uh, and the idea is to still have some of the flavors retained. So if you get too high, up in the alcohol by volume, you're not going to have much flavor left. Uh, This is actually the same limit that we have for scotch, if you remember from the last episode. And for bourbon, it was 95% alcohol by volume, which is basically, I like to think it's just Americans rounding up because that's the way America typically is. (laughs) Um, Once again, it has to be matured in wooden casks. Uh, For Irish whiskey, it's up to 700 liters in volume. Uh, I think in my opinion, I think that 700 liters, I think I mentioned this before, is to uh, ensure a certain ratio of volume to surface area. That way, enough of the whiskey is getting exposed that you get that interaction between the wood and the whiskey that creates kind of a chemical reaction that gives you different flavors. Uh, so I'm pretty sure that's what the the size limits are for on all of these different types of whiskeys. Uh, now, in Ireland, there is an age minimum. So it has to be a minimum of three years aged in Ireland. Uh, so sometimes, you know, you see an age limit, sometimes you don't, but for Irish whiskey, there is an age limit. And after it is aged, once again, you can only add water and caramel coloring to the whiskey. So you'll recall that you can add both of those to scotch whiskey, but with bourbon, you actually cannot add any more coloring, uh, to it. You can't color bourbon artificially, but with Irish whiskey, you can add a caramel coloring. I just took another sip of the whiskey that I'm drinking right now, and it certainly... It certainly has more sweetness with that that sip that I just took, um, but I still I'm not really straying from any of those other maybe maybe a slight nuttiness, but I don't think it stands out really. Uh, almost no woodiness to it, like no oakiness or smokiness, nothing like that. Uh, but anyways, back on with the show. I just figured I'd give you guys a quick update. To continue with Irish whiskey, though, uh, it has to be bottled at no less than 40% alcohol by volume. Now, you might recall that I've said a bunch of times that that number is going to keep coming up because it is the standard for whiskey. 40% alcohol by volume in order to be considered an Irish whiskey. Uh, And it has to still have the characteristics of the ingredients used to make it. This is another rule that is actually pretty common because, like I said, they don't want you to just be distilling hot water, as my guests have so eloquently put it. (laughs) Um, They want to make sure that it actually retains the flavor that it's supposed to have. Uh, So it, it has to have characteristics where you can tell it was derived from the raw ingredients that it came from. Now, like I said, Irish whiskey gets kind of a bad rep, so when I was first getting into whiskey, what I did not know is that Irish whiskey, just like scotch and bourbon, has its own subcategories uh, that you can be classified into. So you'll remember with bourbon, we had high rye, we had high wheat mash bills. Uh, With scotch, we had single grain, single malt, uh, blended scotches, and Scotland has all those different regions as well. Uh, Ireland's no different in terms of having subcategories. Now, most of these subcategories 
categories you'll recognize if you put single in front of the name. Uh, and once again, just like in Scotland, you can put single in front of the name if it was brewed or distilled, rather, at a single distillery. So you might recognize malt, which is 100% malted barley, uh, but if you put single in front of it and make it single malt, it's because it was just distilled at a single distillery. Uh, so malt in Irish whiskey is 100% malted barley distilled in a pot still is a malt whiskey. Uh, like I said, it can be single malt as well. Uh, grain can also be single grain if it's a single distillery, and it's no more than 30% of the malted barley uh, with other unmalted cereals. This might be corn, this might be unmalted barley this might be wheat this could be many different things that are going to give it very different flavors and for grain whiskey it's distilled in a column still according to the irish rules now one that you probably have heard of if you've been shopping in the irish whiskey section but if you've just been listening along we haven't gotten to yet is pot still Pot still is a specific um, category of Irish whiskey where it's a minimum of 30% malted barley, 30% unmalted barley, and up to 5% of other cereals. So you have any combination of malted and unmalted barley to where they're both at least 30% of the mash bill. And then you have up to 5% of other cereals or grains in it. Uh, it has to be distilled in a pot still, as the name would suggest. So you might have heard of single pot still, which is a pot still whiskey distilled at a single distillery. If you've been keeping track, then you knew that was coming. Uh, but you've probably heard of a couple of them. I know for sure you've heard of Redbreast if you've been listening to the show because we reviewed Redbreast a few episodes ago. That's a single pot still whiskey. Um, and you'll notice that this category is new to Irish whiskey. It's pretty unique to Irish whiskey. And I think it's really cool. It's kind of unique because with the bourbon, you have uh, bourbons that are a high something, but they're still 50% corn, 51% corn technically. And then if it's high rye, it's got X percentage of the other thing in it, which is something that's cool with Irish whiskey because it's not 50% of anything. It's actually only 30% of malted barley and 30% of unmalted barley, which gives it kind of a unique thing going on, which I think is pretty cool. Um, once again, with scotch, you don't have anything like that. You just have single malt scotch uh, and the other categories that we mentioned in the previous episode. But I think that's pretty cool. Um, and then, of course, lastly, you have blended whiskey. What is blended whiskey? It's a blend of all these other whiskeys, at least two of the types that I just mentioned uh, blended together or more. So those are all the subcategories of Irish whiskey. And I just want to point out once again that that pot still whiskey, or you'll usually see it as single pot still. It's pretty cool. I, I think it's a really neat category and you're going to see it a lot in the Irish whiskey section of your liquor store. Uh, so keep an eye out for that now and try out a single pot still whiskey and compare it to another one. Uh, and you'll see that it's got a kind of a unique thing going on. Now, what can you expect from Irish whiskey? This might be what you came to this video for. Uh, what flavors can you expect from Irish whiskey? Now, I want to preface this with a few popular Irish whiskeys. You've got Jameson. You've got Bushmills. You've got Tullamore Dew. Obviously, Redbreast is an Irish whiskey, since I just mentioned it. Uh, there's Green Spot, which is a pretty popular Irish whiskey. I could go on and on all day. Um, there are so many different Irish whiskeys, just like any other whiskey. Uh, but my point with making that point is that there's a lot of variation in flavor. There's a, a wide range. There's so many different subcategories of Irish whiskey that I was just rattling off to you. And if I didn't say this earlier when I said it was 700 liter casks, you can use used barrels, used casks, uh, just like you can with scotch. So you're going to get a lot of variation. You'll recall with bourbon, it has to be brand new white oak barrels. Uh, with scotch, you can use whatever you want. And 
that goes for Irish whiskey as well. So it could be aged in like a sherry barrel, a wine cask. Uh, it could be aged in a used bourbon barrel, something like that. And it's going to give a huge variety of flavors, just like it did over in Scotland. So uh, lots of the honey, vanilla, and buttery notes are going to be prevalent in at least a lot of the Irish whiskeys. Um, a couple of the ones that come to mind for sure, uh, Redbreast has a little bit of this on the front end. Tullamore is pretty much honey, vanilla, and butter. I mean, that, that's like the majority of what I get from Tullamore. Uh, so Jameson also has undertones of that. Uh, you may have heard of Proper 12. Uh, that is Conor McGregor's whiskey, actually, and I also get a buttery, like almost granola flavor from it as well. Uh, so those are going to be pretty popular notes to have in Irish whiskey. Um, but you're also going to have some other notes. You're going to have light fruity notes, maybe some light flowery notes. Um, but there's going to be a lot of variation once again. Uh, so you can't really nail down exactly what you're going to get from it. My best advice would be to try a few different Irish whiskeys side by side with a few different bourbons. Uh, probably not all at once <laughs> or all at once if that's what you want to do. Um, and kind of you'll get an idea for the flavor profile that I'm saying here. When you just read it on paper, it's hard to understand. Once you taste it, you get it a lot more, which is kind of the idea behind the email list and, and getting an idea for what all these different whiskeys actually taste like. Now, you can also still have your nutty, cinnamony, fruity notes as well. Um, but in my experience, I get a lot of those lighter notes, a lot of those vanilla-y notes, kind of almost like a granola or like a, like a cookie that doesn't have any other flavor, like a sugar cookie almost. Um, so th those are pretty common notes, I think. And they're typically lighter. They're typically a less intense flavor profile, um, which actually makes them pretty easy to sip. You might recall Bryce saying that in the episode of Tullamore Dew versus Russell's Reserve 10-year. Um, you might, you might remember him saying, well, this Tullamore seems like it would be easy just to sit back and sip on. Uh, that's kind of characteristic of the most of the Irish whiskeys that I've come into contact with. And it makes them really enjoyable for just sitting back and sipping. Now, I've mentioned a couple of times how the flavors are usually lighter on your tongue. They're usually not as heavy. Uh, I don't want to confuse that with a lack of complexity. Uh, if you've seen the episode where we tried Redbreast, you know for sure that Redbreast is a very complex uh, Irish whiskey, but it doesn't weigh down my tongue at all. So like, think to, think to yourself like a really light dessert that's really uh, has a ton of different flavors in it versus like a dark chocolate cake. They're both really complex, or they can both be very complex, but just because one's lighter than the other doesn't mean it's less complex. And I just want to clarify that because I don't want people to think I'm saying that they're not very complex. Which leads me in to my final point, and it is that I think Irish whiskeys are super underrated. Uh, Irish whiskeys are great for just sipping on. It can be really hard to sip on a bourbon when it's like really hot outside, and I think Irish whiskeys are good for that. I think they're lighter, they're easier to sip on. Um, and they don't really give you that uh, extreme, like weighing down your palate. If you're eating a, a lighter dinner and you want to taste the dinner and you're pairing this with a dinner, then you're going to want like an Irish whiskey. Uh, same goes for cigars. If, you ha if you're smoking a cigar and you don't want it to get overpowered by like an Isla Scotch or like a really strong bourbon, I think Irish whiskey is great for your lighter cigars, your Connecticut wrappers, for those of you who like cigars. Uh, and I think Irish whiskeys just go really well. They have their specific place 
uh, typically because they're lighter. And I don't want also, I'm going to have a bunch of people mad at me now for saying they typically have lighter flavors. To me, they don't weigh down my palate uh, as much, but there are for sure, just like with any whiskey, there's a huge range. So there's going to be more intense Irish whiskeys as well. Uh, but to me, they're a lot lighter. They go well with stuff like that. And you just have to uh, give them a chance because I, like I said, I have had some very complex Irish whiskeys. Redbreast, I can't say enough good things about it. I love it. Um, I've said before that was recommended to me online, and that's why I bought it. And it's it's excellent. Um, it has it was the first palette that we did that had like three parts to it, like three distinct parts, and it also has one of the longest finishes of most of the whiskeys that I have on my shelf down there. So uh, don't confuse it for being. Uh, not complex and certainly just my point is I think Irish whiskey is underrated because it doesn't have a cool name like bourbon or scotch uh, so make sure you're giving the Irish whiskeys a try as well don't sleep on them uh, that's my shameless plug for Irish whiskeys now the moral of the story uh, there's a ton of different Irish whiskey out there so get out there and try some of it and there's been it's been on the email list before we've had episodes about it if you want to go back and listen to those episodes after you're able to get your hands on the whiskey I highly recommend that you do it uh, and there will be more Irish whiskeys coming up soon uh, there are none on the schedule for this month if you're on the email list but I know for a fact that I have a couple on my list a couple months out from now so make sure you're staying tuned I think there's at least one next month maybe two but uh, stay tuned and, and make sure you're trying the Irish whiskeys don't stray away from them and with that try it up against your bourbons up against your scotches and see how they compare to each other which ones you like more which ones you like less uh have some fun with it i really enjoy doing blind tastings across the categories and comparing them to each other and it really just gives you a good idea for what you can expect from different whiskeys now lastly if you've been keeping track uh, i said that this whiskey that i'm drinking is sweet it's got vanilla it's got honey a little bit uh, so what is the whiskey that i've been drinking does anybody have any guesses no no one that's sitting here with me right now has any guesses because it's me by myself the whiskey that i'm drinking today is glenn Morangi from the last review episode that we did so for those of you who guessed it you can give yourself a pat on the back your grand prize if you guessed it is nothing because I'm not giving out any prizes for this. But hey, thanks for participating, and I hope that that was entertaining for you. Uh, I hope it was as entertaining for you as it was for me. That is all that I had for the show today, though. It was a little bit shorter of a show uh, because it doesn't have the nine bazillion regions that Scotland has. So it was a little bit quicker of a show today. Uh, but I hope you guys enjoyed hearing about all the different Irish whiskeys. And once again, go out and grab yourself a bottle, try it, shoot me a message, and let me know what you think. Thank you for listening to this episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you like the show, make sure to help spread the word by introducing friends, coworkers, or anyone that you think would be interested. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite streaming platform, rate the show, review the show, and follow on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs to stay up to date. If you want, you can join the email list by sending an email to whiskeynoobspodcast at gmail.com. You'll then be updated every month on what whiskeys I'll be drinking on the show so you can drink right along with me and review it as we go. Thanks again for listening to the Whiskey Noobs Podcast. Learn to drink, drink to learn. The Whiskey Noobs podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol.